Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Tuesday to you, America and beyond. Hope you guys are doing well. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Liberty. I actually thought about changing the name of my show recently, but a friend of mine thought it sounded too CNN-ish. <laughs> so I was like, well, scratch that. <laughs> Definitely don't want to sound too CNN-ish, right? How are you guys? I have to ask that. How are you? How are you? No, really. Really, how are you? I know, I know. I see your posts. I see your tweets. I see it all. For those of you who follow me on LinkedIn, I am being throttled. You know, not that I really post anything controversial. I don't think I do. I stay away from COVID and Fauci and all that mess. Not because I don't think it's worth mentioning. I just think it's it's so beyond ridiculous that anyone still believes anything that comes out of his face why is he still considered an expert? Why does he still have a microphone? Why are the lights still on for him to speak anywhere on any topic at all? Why has he not been tried and incarcerated for crimes against humanity? Why? I mean, deaf, dumb, blind, mute can see what this man, along with others across the globe and here, including but not limited to some interesting figures within our United States government, have conspired, have conspired for the sake of avarice. That's the only reason I can think of why people would conspire against humanity to the extent that I believe some people have and are continuing to do is avarice. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's greed. It's gross. It's greed. There's no way I believe that Bill Gates believes, which, by the way, if you missed the video of, 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 of the Brits, you know, screaming down Bill Gates and that he should be um, incarcerated, he should be arrested. That happened just two days ago. Like people all in the streets uh, calling for his arrest. And no, not on the continent of Africa, which he's already banned from certain countries in Africa um, because of his vaccines. I mean, imagine that, Bill Gates, vaccine, vaccinaire extraordinaire. I mean, where does that even, really, does that make any sense to you? A tech guy is is now the pioneer of vaccinations. And whenever you look back at his history regarding vaccinations, it's not, it is uh, colorful to say the least, and it is um, deadly. It is deadly. But to think that his motive, and I and I try to stay away from people's, the motives of their heart, of their heart. And I'll tell you why. Before I went into ministry, I was I would proudly say, you know, God's gifted me with the ability to of, of discernment. That is a gift of mine is discernment, and it's also. And I'm not always spot on, but um, but He's also given me a gift of compassion and mercy. And so when I listen to people, I'm listening for a lot of things. I hear a lot of things that maybe other people don't. And so I had gotten to this point where it was like, well, 
I know the motives of people's hearts. <laughs> and God's like, oh yeah, I hold my wine. So I go into full-time ministry and I realize very quickly who's God and who's not. And I was definitely not sitting on that throne that I thought I was sitting on. And just because you get something right, just because there's an educated guess, just because there's a reasonable deduction, just because people give you information and you're good at connecting dots, uh, just because you've had all the facts, you legitimately have no idea why people do the things they do. So for Bill Gates to, but I will say this, and for Bill Gates to try to convince me that he's trying to save the planet, like he's got to he's got to wipe out a third of the of the globe in order to make room for the trees to breathe. Now, you can go see all of that on unless they've taken it down, which I'd be surprised if they have not, uh his own YouTube video from year, from moons ago talking about the fastest way to solve the overcrowding issue here in the earth. Uh, our vaccines, his mouth, his words, his face, his mouth, not mine. So, but I think to myself, does he really think he's philanthropic? Like there's no way he could think he's, this is altruism, right? I mean, but maybe, I don't know. I mean, you think about your typical sociopaths or psychopaths and you know, they really don't, there's something missing there's something missing in their brain, in the in the makeup of their brain, actual anatomical brain and their mind, right? And their soul. If your soul is comprised of your mind and your will and your emotions, in every sociopath and every psychopath, there's something missing from some of that. <laughs> so when I look to people like this, I'm like, I don't ever want to presume what someone's motivations are. And maybe that's going to be the highlight of this conversation tonight because because it's very easy to look around and go, what in the living hell is going on, right? How is it possible that we have allowed ourselves as a nation of laws, as a constitutional republic, how have we allowed allowed ourselves to get into the position we're in now where we are talking about massive supply chain issues? We We are legitimately about to sign into law a Green New Deal. I mean, you have to be sitting at home like I do going, okay, I know follow the money, right? Like that's the easiest low-hanging fruit. If we're doing reasonable deduction, that's a really good place to start, right? Follow the money. But some, it's not money doesn't always, is not always the motivating factor for people. It's not. I know that's hard to believe, but it's not always the motivating factor. And so no matter what something appears on the outside, and yes, the Bible tells us to judge them, but you'll know them by their fruit, right? And for the love for one another really is how they'll, you'll, the world will be able to differentiate us from themselves is our love for one another, right? And boy, that's hard some days, isn't it? But you, especially when you have churches telling the unvaxxed that they can't come to church. What? (laughs) Okay, fine. Squirrel. So I'm going to take a little rabbit trail. So as Kamala is making her way around to black churches, right, uh, to support Terry McAuliffe in uh, Virginia, 
my suggestion was that they go ahead and strip those churches of their 501c3s, which we already know they're not going to do. And some of you have a really hard time with the fact that I say that because you're like, is the church is right? No, it is not the church is right. It is a handout from Caesar. And it is unnecessary because according to our own IRS code that has been there since Jesus regarding the church, the church has never been a taxable entity. And the 501c3 was nothing more than more fruit to lure the bed, lure the church into the bed of Caesar. And once you get in the bed of Caesar, you got to do what Caesar likes to do, how he likes to do it, how often he likes to do it, and when he likes to do it. One of the things that Caesar tells the church that it can't do is it cannot uh, politically proselytize, if you will, from the pulpit. You cannot endorse candidates. Cannot do it. Not from the pulpit and keep your 501c3 status. Now, you can talk about issues. Well, in theory, because remember, even the church is being criminalized at this point. So in theory, right, which is actually by law, but law has become a mere theory according to the current political anarchists that are in various positions, not the least of which is our judiciary, okay? So when you see this level of lawlessness, you got to know we are in political anarchyville. And so when you're like, but the Constitution says, I'm like, sure, it does. The Constitution absolutely says X, Y, and Z. And guess who is not honoring X, Y, and Z? People who are actually elected or appointed to uphold X, Y, and Z. And they don't for their own political biases. It is pretty bad in their own spiritual persuasions, I believe, because everything begins in the spirit. But... It is positively illegal for people to be politically proselytizing from their pulpits. And here you have the apparent um, vice president of the United States, in theory, uh, going to black churches to utilize those black churches to stump on behalf of a specific political candidate. That is campaign law XA, Nixa, rule numero uno. But I will say this for the black church. The black churches have been doing this forever. And remember, I told you a little story the other night about a buddy of mine and how I got involved in politics many, 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 many moons ago. And he was running for state court judge and I was writing for him. And remember, the story goes that he was going to black churches in his district because honestly, the majority of his district is black. And all politicians in Georgia, at least, know that if you're going to garner the black vote, you better go to the church. I don't know what the heck the white churches are doing. I think they're busy trying to figure out who's still having sex with who and why and when and, you know, all of that. And who do we, who, what, what other doctrine do we let in? And, and then are we, are, what about that new building we got to build? You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, smoke, smoke machines and skinny jeans, that, that kind of Jesus, right? And that's not to knock all modern day churches, but let's be real. Can we just be real? Actually, we're going to be real because President Trump was like super real in in his latest statement about General Colin Powell, who we lost yesterday at the age of 84. I apologize. I was not with you yesterday. I had things I had to take care of, but I'm back with you today. Glory be to God. And um, I had to take care of my mama yesterday. So I know you guys will excuse me. Thank you. Um, But with regard to getting real, um, the church in this day and age is part of the reason why we are where we are as a nation. A very large part, to be honest with you. A very large part. Because it is impossible 
to curate liberty without morality. Literally impossible. It will never happen. It won't happen. And if we think that we are the uh, uh, purveyors, curators, harbingers of our own liberty, um, then we have the whole thing just completely backwards. And we're fools. We're literally fooling ourselves because even our founding fathers said our inalienable rights are not granted to us by each other. You do, you do know that your judiciary does not grant you your inalienable rights, right? They simply, God says it and they, they agreed to it. And they didn't agree to it for all, for all Americans at once, as we know. So getting back to the black population and churches and whites and all that. So, so historically black churches have made it a, a <clears throat> excuse me, they have made it a political stop, a campaign stop in black churches. Um, and, and no one, I think, has really ever said anything about it. And you know why? Because most black churches are Democrat. That's why. So no one's really threatening to take away um, Ebenezer Baptist Church's uh, 501c3 status. You know why? Because old warlock down there in the King family, God rest his soul, and uh, there's really only one King family member that I associate with um, just by virtue of that's my proximity to her and my, um, my, my familial proximity, my spiritually, my spiritual familial proximity to her, and that's Alveda, um, Dr. Alveda King, but the rest of them are hardcore Democrats. So nobody's messing with them. If people want to roll through there and stump from the pulpit. I mean, we saw Warlock doing that from, from his church. His whole church was stumping for him. He was the pastor. <laughs> so, you know, for us to go, well, what? Well, no, that's exactly how it goes. What's up is up and what's down is down. And the milk carton is more of a, you know, triangle. I don't know. It's a hexagon. So it's, uh, it's nuts. This is the world in which we live. But we can never, ever say that we know the true intentions of anyone's hearts. We cannot do that. Um, you can put evidence together as to why someone did it. Someone can actually confess to you why they've done something. And honestly, unless God gives you a revelation about why you've, there are some things you do, you just don't know why you continue to do them, right? You can relate to that. Everyone can. You're like, damn it, I don't understand why I keep doing this. I don't like it. It's not good for me. Why do I keep making this choice? I don't understand. And there are things in your heart that can only be revealed to you by your creator. There's not a judge, a jury, an executioner, a, a shrink. There's no one, a psychic, no one, a, a prophet. No one can tell you what's down in your heart, but the spirit of the living God. And so the same thing goes for every man and every woman. So I don't, I steer clear from saying people like Bill Gates, you know, they do this for that. And blah, blah, blah. well, some things are obvious because you can see where people's bank accounts are littered. I mean, look at the report that just came out on what, 10 or 15 of our congressmen and women who are literally billionaires. What, what, <laughs> or not billionaires. Hold on. I got to find it. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's at the top of the list and she is actually a billionaire. Uh, of course her husband's not broke, so that helps, but you know, you got to, you, you got to wonder how is it exactly that you're a lifetime politician and you're a multi multi-millionaire? I mean, wow. Did you just really make it big in the stock market? I mean, that was pretty lucky. Do you have some lucky guesses? I mean, come on. We're all adults in this conversation, right? 
And it's hard because you don't want to accuse people of being a, a, a cheat or a thief, you know. You don't want to accuse people of doing that, but because there's no accountability, you're kind of left to your own, and, and, and no one is account. They want they want to peer into our bank accounts for six hundred bucks or more, but I don't see Congress lining up for that. Congress isn't lining up for the vaccination, for the fake law or mandate, whatever you want to call it. No, one, they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not violating the president's mandate uh, or Biden's mandate uh, by not taking the vaccination. So, no, it's not the same for me and not for thee and all that. No, nothing is the same. We are the serfs. We are the subjects at this point. That, that's where we are, uh, as it, relationally speaking, to our government. So let's back up to uh, General Colin Powell. Um, he was 84. He had, I believe, a type of blood cancer that was like stage four. He had a, he had a number of comorbidities, and I'm not going to listen. I'll spare you my commentary on all of this. I just know that this became a very uh, contentious uh, point today. Whenever I retweeted uh, a letter from uh, 45 uh, from his uh, from his newsletter account. Hold on, I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it to you because. Boy, there's another story. I, I, I tell y'all what, I scroll through Twitter and I'm just like, I just shake my head most of the time. So the president says, hold on. Huh. This was good. So, okay. So this was, yeah, this was today. He says, statement, or this is by Save America, President Donald J. Trump, October 19th, 2021. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. Wonderful to see Colin Powell, who made big mistakes on Iraq and famously so-called weapons of mass destruction, be treated in death so beautifully by the fake news media. Hope that happens to me someday. He was a classic rhino, if even that always being the first to attack other Republicans. He made plenty of mistakes. But anyway, may he, me- may he rest in peace. That was from Donald J. Trump. So my response was, wow. You know, and, and it's only ghastly getting back to, can we just be real about things? Now, remember, just a few nights ago on this show, I also talked about our propensity to... Um, ideate and to idolize folks at postmortem. And we're not the first to do it. It, it, it is a lower level human uh, way, behavior. And remember, there's only two levels. We've got our bestial nature and we've got our uh, higher nature, right? Our spiritual nature. So we've got our animal nature, basically. And we have our, um, our spirit nature. That's why we're told to walk after the spirit, not the flesh, all that other stuff. So and all of that, you know, we are called to be honest and to and to be truthful. And for some reason, we have this affinity for turning people into, um, you know, icons post mortem. Even like they, let's say they were icons in life, right? They made big decisions. They had great impact on us, on our society, on our history, our future, all of that. Okay. Generations to come, uh, wars, uh, economic impacts, you know, I mean, every decision we make impacts something else. Every decision you will ever make will impact someone else besides yourself. In addition to yourself. I mean, that's, that should be very sobering. I know it is for me. 
And sometimes I can get too heavy for me to even think about. But then I remember that I have the cross to turn to. So I said dying as a political does not automatically spare you the deserved scrutiny of a life duplicitously lived. No one is judge, but it would help if we stopped denying the obvious. And for those of you who kept up with Colin Powell for General Powell's career, many of you blame him for all of the shortcomings in Iraq, and millions of people uh, you know, were affected by that. And will continue to and are affected by it today, right? And someone else on my LinkedIn feed though had a very sober um, had a very sober response, and um, and it was along the lines of, you know, allowing people to rest in peace. And in in when people show up on the shores of the swamp of the sewer of DC. They show up with you kind of like I did when I showed up in Los Angeles for the first time or New York. The first time I ever performed in New York, I performed at the Apollo Theater. And boy, that was nerve wracking. It was also just extremely exhilarating because, you know, there's a little old white me in the middle of Harlem uh, opening for an all black male, very beloved uh, gospel quartet. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is when you know you're going to make it or break it, right? Because if you New Yorkers listening to me, you know how this goes. And I have a lot of respect for people who have made it in New York because they are absolutely at the top of their craft. Whether you're in theater, dance, music, whatever it is, um, you know, you, you're not just going to skirt by being mediocre in New York City. So I thought, man. For real, the old adage goes, if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. And um, and I did. I rubbed the little tree stump that everybody else rubbed. And pre-COVID, obviously, this is like 25 years ago. And I'm kidding, it was 20. And um, I rubbed the little tree stump, and I go out there, and I just blow it out. And people are up on their feet, and I'm like, well, thank God. Thank God they're not. And I was. it wasn't like Night at the Apollo, where the dude could come out with a hook and take me off the stage, and everybody would laugh at the white girl. It wasn't like that at all. It was um, It was friendly. So even if I sucked, <laughs> it was a gospel show. So hopefully people would have exercised a little bit of Christ-likeness and given me a break. But um, but I still saw it as, you know, a major moment of achievement for me. You know, it, it was, um, but I was bright-eyed. I was like, oh my God, I'm in the big city. And then I went to Los Angeles and I was in a bigger city. And I was like, oh, I'm going to act and I'm going to sing and I'm going to do this and sell a trillion albums. And it's going to be amazing. And the, and you're surrounded by all this creative energy and juices and people who are just so creative and talented, right? And you're like, man, I've landed on my planet. Little did I know how truth, how much truth I would be speaking way back then about what another planet uh California is in its totality, much less Los Angeles, right? So this man on LinkedIn says, you know, cut General Colin Powell a break because he even talked about apparently in some type of a memoir, I imagine, where he was beguiled and he was manipulated and he was fooled. And those were General Powell's words that this gentleman used, that he was manipulated. And he was starry-eyed whenever he got to the swamp shores of D.C., as most of us are. I was, too, the first time I went there to cover something. 
And I was like, oh my God, like you can, you just feel the energy now. It's like the energy of death in that place. But the, and then it was too, we just, everything was still covered. <laughs> but I remember showing up for the first time. I was so excited to cover something and to get out and interview people on the street. And, you know, I had a whole roster of folks I was going to interview at a faith and freedom conference. And, and it was just very, very exciting to me. And I was like a kid all over again. You know, it was like it wasn't singing, but it was media and it was still using my voice. And I was just thrilled to be able to connect, you know, um, politicians and movers and shakers back with my audience, um, something I've always thoroughly enjoyed. And um, I remember that. And over the years and through the president, through President Trump's administration and through God and his ultimate mercy and grace in pulling back the curtain slowly on just how bad that swamp is, just how sick and filthy and vile it is and how deep and how wide it is. It's not just in DC. It is very easy for me to resonate with the words of General Colin Powell. And I'm sure if you are in politics and you're listening to me, you on some level are saying amen because you just didn't know how dirty it was. And you go up there and you're so pumped and people have just voted for you. And so they have, they've believed in you. They have invested in you. They now trust you to go and do the right thing. And you get there and you realize that no one can be trusted. No one around you is truly on your team. It's not governance. It is entirely political. And there is a difference. So when you guys and gals are out there supporting men and women coming up in these midterms, Coming up in Virginia, you need to pay attention to the fruit and you need to pay attention to the C4 disclosures, which can show you some traces. They can, but, and there are people who are doing deep dives on C4's disclosures. You can bet your bottom dollar on that, especially on the left, on anyone on the right, they're deep diving. But you need to pay attention to who their donors are. Not everyone is cloaked. C4s can be cloaked in the political world, and it's primarily why people donate, because they want to remain anonymous. I am to a point in my political life, in my life here as an, as an American citizen, and in this sphere, this professional sphere, where I would encourage you to demand that the C4s are actually done away with, that you have complete campaign transparency. You have complete campaign finance transparency. If in this day and age, you cannot own where you are putting your money and know, just know that yes, you will suffer scrutiny for it and forget about this cancel culture business. I keep telling you they're not out to cancel you. The devil's out to steal from you, kill you, and to destroy you. That is according to the word of God, and I believe it. So he's not trying to cancel you. He's trying to kill you. He is attempting to steal from you, and ultimately he wants to utterly annihilate and destroy you, according to the word of God. So with that, be prepared that if you're going to put your money where your heart is, is where your money will be. 
If you're going to put your money where your mouth is, it's going to be risky. And there are lists upon lists upon lists upon lists of donors and addresses and phone numbers. And you're just going to have to get to the point where you're like, and... Because terrorizing you is part of their political strategy. Because fear is of the enemy's kingdom. And so when you become fearful that you're going to lose your job, your reputation, your friends, your safety, your freedom, when you become terrorized by the notion of that, by the mere suggestion that that could happen to you, and you see it happening to others all around you, It is absolutely meant to keep you quiet and to keep your money to yourself and to not show up and vote, quite honestly, much less support people, lest you end up on a list. And what they do is they attempt to taunt you with their lists. We're making lists. You know, you've got different organizations out there who that's their that is their bread and butter, is to terrorize you. No kidding. They have billboards up all over the country right now about no more audits. That's one of those organizations. You've got others who still have billboards of people who weren't even inside the Capitol, were not even on the Capitol stairs, but they were out on the lawn in the audience who have pictures of innocent American people on the lawn telling you that they've performed some level of sedition. They're falsely accusing people, making other people think they're doing the right thing by turning in, you know, violent people. And when you see the footage of these folks, they're literally standing outside doing nothing. They're not screaming. They're not pushing. They don't have mace. They don't have a barricade in their hand. Nothing. They're not even in the Capitol. They're not fighting with police. They're not even anywhere near police. But these guys are, you know, using a two-point whatever-mile radius to say that anyone who was there, anyone who was even in the district, Anyone is someone that should not have been there, should not have been exercising their First Amendment right, and no longer have a Fourth Amendment right. There's no right to privacy anymore. That's out the window. I mean, it's still on the books, sure. But so so are the Ten Commandments. Do we abide by those? Hmm. So... All of that to say, there's going to be inherent risk with you standing for your liberty. There's risks for me. There are risks for you. And when I see things like I did today on my Twitter feed about um, the president and what he said about Colin Powell, and someone responded to me and said, that's not going to do us any favor with the suburban women, right? And saying that President Trump is hurting himself and hurting the GOP by um, by saying what he did. They felt it was untimely, unseemly, distasteful. General Colin Powell's not even in the ground. And President Trump is, you know, is is touting that there were major character flaws with this man, both personally and politically, right? And I'm saying that brought to my attention today, you know, apparently General Powell realized that he was in way over his head and realized a little too late that you either play the swamp game or you 
get eaten by the swamp creatures. And not knowing the man, not knowing whether or not he favored socialism, which many people have said online I've seen today, I don't know that. I do not know that, but I'm going to choose to say, well, there were a number of factors that led to his death. Um, I don't know what ultimately took him home to be with the Lord. I don't know what was in his heart and mind, and neither do you. I'm also not interested in idolizing someone or otherwise venerating someone simply because of their allegiance to the uniform of this country. I think that is a trap, and as the daughter of a United States World War II Army veteran, I take exception to that idolizing of men and women in uniform simply because they wore the uniform. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. You can end poorly. It doesn't wash out all of your prior service by any means. But you can end poorly, and it is okay for people to actually acknowledge both. And no, we should not be making anyone's death a partisan statement. I did not fully perceive President Trump's statement as partisan, with the exception of, you know, he's always been a rhino, um, and that he was a political. I mean, he was, (coughs) excuse me, when I say political, I mean, that's, he was. He was appointed, he was a political, and he was also uh, a, a member of our United States services, armed services, and, and all of that's wonderful. Um, but when I look at the collective um, track record of General Powell, I can look at it soberly and still wish him well and wish him peace in his death. Now, back to President Trump and whether or not he's making, you know, any he's making friends and influencing people in the suburban housewife. Uh, I'll say it here, like I said on Twitter, um, if we are at the point where we are in this country right now and you have to be won over, that was the term that was used. Well, we're not going to win them over with this kind of rhetoric. If you have to be won over, I sincerely hope that you will turn in your GOP card or that you will keep your DNC card and that you will turn in your passport and just move. Because if you can't look around this country right now at your own gas pump, at your own grocery store, your own schools, your own jobs, your own liberties, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Your children, the division, the craziness in our culture. If you cannot look around at all of that and what has transpired in the past nine months in this country, if you get seven months and you can't look around and tell me that this isn't working and you have to be won over. We don't need you. I know that sounds really harsh. And and maybe there will be some compassion that develops. I doubt it because we're at war. Do you understand that? We're not waiting on World War III. There's no red dawn coming to this country. 
you guys are so afraid of things that are not going to happen. And they're not going to happen for very logical reasons. And if we're destroyed, it's going to be because God allows it to happen. You can trust that. And if we survive this intact, it will only be because God allows it to happen. So if you are not voting with God first in mind, you are way behind the curve. And yes, I did get into a little bit of a copyright tiff with a very well-known person on Twitter over that exact phrase. And then we both discovered that someone, you know, who will remain unnamed has already beat everybody to the copyright press with a tagline that I have legitimately been using on my show for months and used it with this one particular person who was on my show for the first time and then noticed that he used it on his own stage, and then noticed that he was using it for his own t-shirt brand. And so, yes, God first, America always, because people are like, America first. And I'm like, no, that is wrong. It cannot be country first. Either we serve a God of order or we don't. It has to be God first. And we can't keep screwing up and then saying, well, it's quoting scriptures Well, God says if we will repent and turn, yes, we can keep screwing up. And yes, he will forgive us. And yes, his mercies are new every morning. And yes, he's graceful. And he's full of grace. And he's faithful. And he loves us. And he's not angry with us. And he's not trying to kill us all. And he's not holding a record of wrongs because he's love. And that's not what love does. And he's not bitter and busted and broken, disgusted. That is not who God is at all. No, I don't know what gospel, which is a horrible gospel, by the way. I don't know what gospel you guys have been listening to. But that is the wrong message. Because that is a lie. He wants a relationship with us. Consistent. Consistent fellowship. Rooted in truth and freedom. There's nothing more, nothing less. Truth and freedom. If we are not pursuing God first... I'm not talking about politics and God and God versus government. No, there's no such thing as God versus government. That is a humanistic, secularist way of seeing the world. Where I come from in ministry, I'm just here to tell you, it's God first. It can be America always. We better hope and pray. But it's God first. Because unless he builds this house and he rebuilds this house, the laborers will labor in vain. And unless he is looking over this country to protect us and keep us safe, we stay awake at night in vain. And there is peace with God to be had. He is at peace with us. According to his word, are we at peace with him is the question. Are you at peace with God? He made his peace with you through his son on the cross. According to the word. Are you at peace with God? Have you received that? 
I am so proud of and for and grateful to and for all of you men and women who have made a harrowing decision. I mean gut-wrenching decision to stand for your freedom and for mine by saying no way to these mandates. You have left your jobs, your careers, your dreams, your accolades. Some of you have your identity wrapped up in all of that. You've left it. You don't know how you're going to pay your mortgage. You've left it. You said, no, I'm not doing that. Some of you are enlisted and you're, you're planning to walk away from a long military career or one that's just gotten started. You've waited your whole life to wear that uniform. Nothing prouder than the moment that you busted ass in basic and, and made it through. Nothing prouder. Nothing. Made it through your crucible and, and you're one of them. And you look around and you go, okay, no. You see the value in liberty. I cannot thank you. Thank you is not enough, but I got to say it. Someone has to thank you. Someone, someone has to thank you for having the, God. I mean, we're not out there with muskets and, you know, kneeling and firing and cannonballs and, you know, we're not out there. We're, we're not at war watching flesh blown apart unless you live in Chicago or Atlanta on a Saturday night. But I digress. You're, you're, we're not at war in physical kinetic combat in this country, but we are at war. And you guys who have made a decision for liberty, not only for you, but for the rest of us, you deserve medals of freedom. You deserve medals of honor. It is an honorable thing that you have done. It may be littered with ingratitude by those who would vex you over not having a vaccination. But if you are ever tempted to feel shame or guilt or like you're doubting your decision, I want you to listen to this podcast every single night until that voice breaks. Because that is a lying, conniving spirit sent from the pit of hell to condemn you and to accuse you. And I'm telling you now, as God is my witness, God is the God of truth and liberty. And if you said no to a mandate and you stood for liberty, if you think for one second that the author of your liberty, 
who emboldened you to be able to take that stand oh, is is going to let you fall into the abyss of not providing for you and your family new opportunities, food, shelter. If you really think that the Spirit of God is that dead or that unfaithful, that unreliable, that he wouldn't have encouraged you to stand for who he is, which is always liberty, because he sent his son here to set the captives free. And we are the captives. And so for you who have been emboldened by his spirit to stand for who he is, which is liberty and truth, if you think for two seconds that he's going to fly by and not feed you and not care for you and not give you new ideas and ingenuity and in a community to help surround you and provide for you and your family and to give you peace at night. Don't you dare listen to the lies of the world. Don't you dare listen to media. Turn it off. Anyone who would shame you or guilt you about standing for your liberty and mine is a liar. I'm going to leave you there tonight. I love you. I'm very proud to know all of you. And I don't know all of you by name, but you do message me, you email me. I go through my lists and I pray for all of you. I do. I mean that whenever I say that. You can ask God one day. (laughs) I do. I love you. I'm proud, proud, proud to call you my fellow countrymen and women of the United States of America. Remember, we are united. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, keep acting like one. 